It's time to bet it all. This is Bet MGM Tonight, live from BetQL. And live from Portland, in the nation's capital. Trista's out in Portland, West Coast, East Coast right here. Ryan Horvat, Nick Ashew. We're on Twitch. We're on YouTube. We're on the Odyssey app. We have the O's up 5-2 on the Astros right now. PJ's O's. Yeah. Cubs losing, though. Disappointing. A- ALCS preview, guys. Might Look, be. <laughs> Probably is, to be honest yeah. with you. I we only need two more runs, though, for the over, and that's what matters tonight. Yeah, I did uh, I did throw in a bet for the Astros to win the World Series. Because once again, it's just starting to feel like I don't trust the Braves, I don't trust the Dodgers. Damn it, it's probably going to be the Astros again. So, there you go. Pretty sure it's going to be the Cubs. To be can, I tell on, can I tell on myself? You can tell on yourself. I... Spoke and had my mic off, Ashu. So that's one. Oh, Enrique I missed it. Set it at set it. it at one. If it was me and you just by ourselves, Ashu, you would have picked it up. But I felt, you know, hand up. I had to. I have to, you know, tell the truth. Well, thank Uh-oh. you for being honest, Trista. I, I appreciate your honesty. Is your motion censored camera just moved a little bit? So because <laughs> I put my hand up, that's why. Un- unlock motion sensor camera. Do you have a second? Uh, Brian, I, you, I did this Enrique a says he didn't catch. Enrique says he didn't catch it either. So what was was that? Your do you have another confession too? These are my. Or was that, that your was confession? It. That was your confession. Well, you that know what, it. Trista, we appreciate your honesty because this show is based on honesty. So so thank you for that. Uh, <laughs> got a little squeal out of that. That was good. See, best joke of the day so far. You get Trista to giggle. It's that Portland air out there. Yes, that Portland yeah. air and that fresh sky she's got. She's just she's just giggling. She's so damn happy. Johnny Congdon, sports reporter for ABC thirty three forty uh, down in Birmingham, where you've got Auburn, you've got Alabama, and everybody loves it in SEC country. I mean, it is SEC football as we know, guys. As PJ knows, as an Auburn or as an Alabama alum. Sorry, buddy. Yeah, I almost said Auburn. There. Careful, careful. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. But yet, Johnny, every year it seems like we're going to a new quarterback for Alabama. Bryce Young gone. So the question now becomes right off the bat is the most important position in sports. Well, who is going to start a quarterback for Alabama now and replace Bryce Young? Well, guys, that's the $10 million question. And if I I knew the answer to it, I'd be a popular man uh, down here in Birmingham. But I I almost feel like my answer changes by the week. Uh, Going into fall camp, I thought Jalen Milrow was going to have every opportunity to win the job. And then you get in camp, and from the whispers that we hear, because we don't get to watch camp, we get state-run media sending us uh, highlights at the end of the day, which is all supervised by coaches and PR staff and all sorts of SIDs. But from what I've heard from people I've talked to is is that Ty Simpson probably has the inside track at the moment to be the overall starter for the year. Now, what do I mean by for the entire year? I don't believe who starts game one against Middle Tennessee State in 25 days necessarily will be the starter week two when Steve Sarkeesian and the Texas Longhorns come to town. So it's going to be one of the three. It's going to be Jalen Milrow, who was Bryce Young's backup for the last two seasons and started the A&M game last year, came in relief in the Arkansas game up in Fayetteville. And then the other quarterback is Ty Simpson, the five-star prospect out of Tennessee who kind of has all the makeup, has all the measurables. And then the wild card who was thrown in after spring practice was Tyler Buckner, coming from Notre Dame, who Tommy Reese, the new Alabama offensive coordinator coming from Notre Dame, has experience with, uh, played really well in the Gator Bowl last year against South Carolina. So he's kind of the the, the wild card, the, the wrench thrown into the plans. And uh, he's not getting as many reps, as I've been told, as both Buckner, or excuse me, as both Milrow and Simpson. So I, I think it's going to be one of those first two guys. And if you made me pick right now, I'll say Ty Simpson just because I think the ceiling is a little higher. 
Yeah, Johnny, I'm a big Notre Dame fan, actually, and so uh, I agree. I don't think it's going to end up being Tyler Buckner. I, not, I, For your sake, I hope it's not at least. <laughs> what are your thoughts on the offense under Tommy Reese? Like you said, you guys aren't really uh, able to watch practice right now, but new system. Um, and then, you know, your thoughts on the skill position players, because not only are you replacing Bryce, but you have to replace, you know, a running back and probably one of your better route runners in Jameer Gibbs as well. Sure. Uh, as far as the coordinators go, we have two, maybe three opportunities to speak to them a year. That's how business is done in Tuscaloosa. We get what we call media day, where we get both the offensive and defensive coordinator for about 12, 15 minutes. And then the next time we'll talk to Reese and new Kevin, new defensive coordinator Kevin Seal will be bowling. Hopefully for Alabama fans, that's a, a, a playoff game. And then if they win that, we'll get a chance to talk to them in the national championship game. So we got to talk to Tommy Reese. And, of course, the first thing that, that takes my attention when he walks in is just how damn young he looks. I think he, yeah. he can't be much older than 35, 36 years old. Uh, and the funny thing is he was telling a story saying if he had to go back to school and do it all over again, what position would he play if he couldn't play quarterback? And he said pulling guard. He wants to be a left guard and ear hole some defensive end coming off <laughs> on, on a power counter or something. So he, for, despite all these young offensive minds, the Sean McVay's, the Kyle Shanahan's, they kind of have this notion of being finesse, free-willing, kind of air it out. Tommy Reese, at least from everything he's spoken, is going to try to revert to OGMO Alabama football and that's three yards in a cloud of dust. Hopefully at Alabama fans, it's going to be more like 15 yards in a cloud of dust. And they're going to try to establish that physical presence that Nick Saban and the Tide were known for from probably 2007 up until, what, 2014 when Lane Kiffin came to town and started changing the offense. So that doesn't necessarily mean that Alabama is going to go back to the days where they're running the ball. You know, their lead ball carry is going to have 35, 40 touches a game. But I, I don't think we're going to see what we've seen from Jalen Hurts from Tua Tungavailoa, Mac Jones, and Bryce Young, where you basically say, hey, we got a real gunslinger here. We're going to let him drop back 35, 40, 50 times a game and chuck the ball around the yard. I think you're going to see a lot more balance. I think that's the word. Not necessarily falling in love with run the damn ball, as they like to say down here. I think it's going to go back to the old school balance word, and that's something that they did not have last year under Bill O'Brien. So the coaches poll came out today in Alabama for the first time in a long time, not uh, at the top of the mountain, number three overall. We had a conversation earlier on the show that maybe they could even be ranked even lower. Maybe Ohio State has an argument to be above them. Like, how do you think this helps them, or, or and where would you place Alabama sort of in the hierarchy right now in the preseason? Oh, I was in Nashville a few weeks ago for the SEC Media Days, and typically from covering those over the years, that is the Alabama Invitational. Every media person, every writer, every radio person wants to hear what Nick Saban and the Tide have to say, and they dominate the week. This is probably the first year it really wasn't the case. Kirby Smart, Lane Kiffin came in and basically did a stand-up routine, which we love him for because it lightens the mood and brings some brevity to four days that can sometimes be a little monotonous and boring. But Nick Saban and the Tide, for the first time in my memory, weren't the story of SEC Media Days. So as impossible as it may sound, Alabama might tiptoe into this 2023 season, maybe a little under the radar. And I think Saban specifically loves that. But we, we talked to J.C. Latham, who's going to be a starter on this Alabama offensive line, and he just kept using the word disrespect, disrespect, disrespect. And they're, they're tired of it, and they want to remind people that, hey, this is Alabama you're talking about. And I know Georgia's got the last two national championship games. 
But I think they really want to make a point of being a physical football team starting in the trenches. And when you look at some of these dudes on the line, I mean, there's a freshman coming from Iowa. His name is Caden Proctor. He's about 6'7". 340. I mean, he's an absolute monster at 18 years old. And when you go up and down the Alabama offensive line, Tyler Booker, Seth McLaughlin, you're looking at an average size of six foot five, six foot six, at about 310 pounds across the line. So I, it's going to be one of the more fearsome lines in the SEC in the country. But the issue is in these big bowl games that they're inevitably going to be in, and hopefully it's a playoff game, can they keep up point-wise? I mean, you go look at Ohio State. I don't care who the quarterback is there. They're going to be throwing to Marvin Harrison Jr. That guy could win the Heisman, for Christ's sakes. You look at Georgia. They have as many skill positions back. So will Alabama be able to find a quarterback to replicate the production of Bryce Young? That's not going to happen. But can they find a quarterback that can score 35, 45, 50 points a game if you get into a shootout in a playoff game? And that's still to be seen. Talking to Johnny Congdon, BetMGM tonight, you talk about the players and the word disrespect thrown around, and you'd expect that, rightfully so, but Georgia's the favorite to win the SEC at minus 110, then Alabama's in there at plus 260, LSU's way down behind them at plus 450, but it feels like a year where LSU could really start to at least close the gap on those two schools. Just from what you see, not players, but you, other people in the media, maybe even the fan bases around just in that area, does it feel like it's become a lot more georgia and them being the team that essentially is the top of the SEC where Alabama's not like losing its grip on the conference necessarily, but it's certainly getting a lot more complicated now also with LSU starting to climb as well? Well, the the numbers don't lie. At the end of the day, the scoreboard's the scoreboard, and Georgia's won the last two national championships, Mm -hmm. and they almost did the last one making a mockery of the sport. I think it was, what, 65 to 10? I can't remember what the final score was. Lost track very quickly in that. Lost track very quickly. (laughs) Alabama did something like that in 2012 in a much smaller scale, what they did to Notre Dame down in Miami. But what Georgia did last year was just a reminder that they're at the top of the mountain and they're not planning on going anywhere. Now, Spencer Bennett was terrific. He won two national championships. But you can make the argument whoever comes in next might be a better fundamental quarterback than Spencer Bennett. And, and when you know, we talk about Georgia, especially on both the offensive and defensive line. I mean, Alabama likes to use the saying they don't rebuild, they reload. What Georgia does in the trenches is just ridiculous, the way that they're able to recruit these kids from not just their state, from not just Panhandle, Florida, but they're going into South Carolina now. They're recruiting parts of Texas the same way Nick Saban and his staff have done over the last 10, 15 years. So Kirby Smart has quite literally built Tuscaloosa in Athens. The way that he's running his program is incredibly reminiscent of what he learned at Alabama during his time as the defensive coordinator. And I don't think Georgia's going anywhere. And last year, I made the mistake of picking Tennessee to win the East. Every time they throw the graphic up, there'd be like four names next to it in the parentheses. And I'd always tell my buddies back home, hey, I'm one of those four. And then they played in Athens, and Tennessee got trans kicked. And I said, oh, I guess I was completely wrong. So I learned this year. I picked Georgia to win the East, and I picked Alabama to win the West. But I will say, if you're looking for some value, I mean, LSU wasn't even that great on paper last year. Brian Kelly didn't even get his classes in, and they took Alabama to overtime and then beat them. Now, the knock on LSU for all these years is they had the caliber of athlete of Alabama, but they couldn't get the most out of them. And you know what? Everybody liked making fun of Brian Kelly last year. Oh, the word was fit, right? He's not a fit. He's not going to fit here. And all he did was win the SEC West, beat Alabama, and made himself a lot of money in the process because he's going to be in that LSU job for a very long time. So I think the disrespect if we want to talk about disrespect this offseason, that's Brian Kelly who gets to shake his rear end in all our faces because I think what LSU did last year was unbelievable considering the caliber of talent they had on that roster. 
Oh, yeah, Johnny. I mean, like, Brian Kelly, terrible human being, great football coach. <laughs> I miss him every single day. I'm sure Marcus will be fine, though. I want to switch things over. Uh, I'm fascinated by the Auburn quarterback situation because a couple of years ago, Peyton Thorne was actually pretty good in that Michigan State offense, sure. also though they had Kenneth Walker. Uh, last year was a disappointment, but they also have Robbie Ashford. But more importantly, it's year one now, Hugh Freeze back in the SEC. What are your expectations for Auburn this season? Now, leaving the field in the Iron Bowl last year, you have to remember this is an Auburn program that was in shambles. Cadillac Williams quite literally might have saved that program from the bottom falling out. The culture, the fan base, Auburn was a mess under Brian Harson, And what Cadillac Williams was able to do for a few weeks there was keep the program together, keep the culture of the program together. And walking off the field in the Iron Bowl, if you asked any Auburn fan, any Auburn media member that covers the team regularly, who would be the quarterback next year, 95% of them would have said, oh, it's going to be Robbie Ashford. Showed a lot of promise, the Oregon transfer. He can't transfer again without having to sit out a year. He's going to be the guy. And from the day Hugh Freeze took the job, we've given him multiple opportunities to say something nice about Robbie Ashford, and he hasn't done it. And all he did is after the spring game bring in Peyton Thorne, and from early on at Auburn camp, and I was there today watching all three quarterbacks go at it, Peyton Thorne has the inside track for the job far more than whoever the Alabama quarterback's going to be. If you, if you made me pick right now who's going to be the quarterback for Auburn, I would say with 90% certainty it's going to be Peyton Thorne just from everything we've heard from camp. We actually get to see Auburn practice. I was there for about 35 minutes today. He is taking first-team reps. And maybe the most surprising is that Robbie Ashford isn't taking second-team reps. That'd be Holden Gurner, who's a talented quarterback out of the state of Georgia who's had a really good camp so far. So from everything we've seen with our eyes and from the people we've talked to, Robbie Ashford's taking third-team reps, and this is a guy, if he transfers again, has to sit out for a year, considering he was at Auburn two years ago. So that's going to be an interesting combination of quarterbacks down there. Now, everywhere Hugh Freeze has gone, he's won. Rather, it was Arkansas State. Rather, if it was Liberty, rather it was Ole Miss, everywhere he's gone, all he's done is take his team to double-digit wins each year, and they play in bowl games. Now, can he turn around Auburn this quick? They have 20 guys from the portal automatically on this roster. You can rebuild so much faster in today's modern game than you could in the last decade. So am I saying that Auburn's going to have 10 wins and they're going to pull an upset over an LSU in Alabama or Georgia? I'm not going to go as far to say that. But I'll say if you're an Auburn fan, you're going to enjoy this season a hell of a lot more this season than you did under that train wreck that was the Brian Harson regime. Johnny Congdon, sports reporter for ABC 3340 on Birmingham. It's going to be, once again, another fun college football season for you down there. Really appreciate you coming on with us.